Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Jump Cut. It's your boy Leander, here with co-host Hashem. Uh, and today we're going to be doing a Christmas episode. We're doing Love Actually this week, so I hope you watched it. Um, but before we get into it, hey, Hashem, how's your holiday season been, buddy? Um, I think my holiday season was fine, and then I had to watch Love Actually, and then oh. it just kind of... <laughs> spicy <laughs> no no i'm joking it was pretty good it was festive you know we did a bunch of christmas things that is absolutely a lie we didn't do anything <laughs> we woke up we woke up christmas day and we were like hmm something's in the air you know it feels special <laughs> this day and we did nothing do you guys have like special food or anything this time of the year or nothing just normal not really roasted chestnuts i guess that's nice. That's that's pleasant. Yeah, it's like a... There's no like holiday thing? Doesn't everybody have like time off work and stuff? Well, I mean, everybody... My dad teaches at the university, and Yasmin and I are both in the university, right? So it's like we're off anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But the whole family doesn't get together and like... That's our, that's our daily routine. Every day we get together, we watch Madagascar or some shit, and then we just <laughs> call it a day. Yeah. That sounds fun. I didn't yeah. really do anything here either. It wasn't really any get together or whatever, but it was just hanging out, playing Persona, mm. playing PS5 because I'm home now and I don't have to worry about that dusty ass PS4 at school. <laughs> Leander has uh, he's elevated life now. He's actually so once he plays video games now, I he finally just feels... achieved what you've achieved. Yeah, exactly. Well, you I mean, you haven't achieved anything yet, but because <laughs> I don't own it. Exactly. bro. Your brother's achieved. Did you get any cool gifts this holiday season? Not really. My sister got cool gifts, though, so that's cool. <laughs> Wait, what did she get one for? Well, it's it's her birthday today, the 28th. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Happy birthday to your yeah, birthday. Happy, your bir- happy national birthday to Yasmin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What'd you get? What'd you get uh, her? Did you fuck up? Well, I didn't get her anything because I'm a piece of shit. Um, but her friends mm. came over and they like surprised her and did the whole quarantine gift exchange where they wore masks and stood at the front door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got her AirPods, which is which is neat. Damn. Yeah, they really chilled Damn. out. She got nice nice headphones now, tuning you out. That's good. <laughs> Literally, voice <laughs> canceling, bro. My brother got the same thing. My brother got like a not AirPods, but he got the whole quarantine treatment on the outside and p- friends giving him gifts. Mm. And I just think to myself, and I bet you thought the same thing. You're like, damn, what what would it be like to have friends? Wouldn't that be yeah, cool? Yeah, I know. What the fuck is that like? Who, right? What is a friend, bro? <laughs> well, your birthday was early December. That counts. We didn't talk yeah. about it last episode. Yeah, but it's it's fine. It's just another day, you know? Oh, yeah, birthdays are no big deal. I'm one of those people who doesn't smile on my birthday because birthdays support big productism or whatever. Um, you Who are you standing up to, bro? I'm standing up to myself. I'm not allowed to feel happiness. That's fake. <laughs> um, you've watched you've watched Sex Education, right? I have. Yes. Yeah, you know movie. the show, show, movie, TV, slice of life. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know the scene where it's her birthday and he's like, uh, "Why did you celebrate your birthday?" And she's like, "Why would I celebrate the day I got pushed out of a random vagina?" I feel that. I respect that, Maeve so boring what a boring answer and a boring person all right i'm sorry your birthday is like a you day just just gotta just gotta like you know flaunt on people i don't know i've always been a type of person who's really happy on my birthday that's fair i don't want to take that away from you yeah i don't know because it's like it's like (laughs) it's like my day no that's absolutely fair do i sound arrogant absolutely not absolutely not i think it's the minority of people that Okay, okay, here's the thing. I'm not unhappy on my birthday. I'm just very introspective. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Well, I mean, like, I'm not like, fuck, I hate being alive. I'm just kind of like, damn, there goes another year, you know? <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I'll, I'll give it that, like, a moment of self-reflection. I have that at yeah. New Year's, though. And it's not really as sad as you're describing it. It's more like, well... Nothing happened this time. Maybe next time will be better. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's <laughs> it's sad, but I, I think we had this we had this conversation before where I was like, um, I don't feel it around New Year because New Year New Year to me feels arbitrary. You know, time is an illusion. My New Year is my birthday. 
You know what I'm but saying? The day you got pushed out of a vagina, that's the one yeah. that matters. That's that's when time started from. for me. That's when time starts mm-hmm. for you. Is your birthday? Uh huh. Okay, so that one's less relative, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, the birthdays are less relative. Okay, yeah, totally makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, happy holidays to everybody listening. This is a happy holidays holiday episode, <laughs> even though it's coming out like after thanksgiving not thanksgiving what's the thing you just said it uh christmas no new year's fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah even this is coming out after new year's uh this is a special holiday movie we've never mm. done a holiday movie we haven't had the chance to yeah we haven't you're right uh we're almost a year which is nice you know that's true are we doing anything special for that probably not uh just i think i think what we should do is we should bamboozle everybody and then not record for that weekend <laughs> we've taken it upon ourselves to take a moment of silence for the year <laughs> we've spent yeah self-reflection coming exactly. around this time introspective yeah. exactly <laughs> and that's how we choose to observe our holiday exactly episode 26 just won't come out <laughs> or we could do that whole fancy new podcasting where we just call it season two and wait four months before we record another episode okay so i've been thinking about this <laughs> seasons in podcasts are entirely arbitrary right yeah, it really depends okay. on like the amount of effort that goes into making them. And ours is very minimal at that. <laughs> okay. So I think we should do the thing where we take like not even a full break. We just we release an episode, episode 27 says season 2 episode 1 just to fuck with people. <laughs> and then we'll release three episodes and then go into season 3 and carry that for 45 episodes. <laughs> like we make up some random values and we just fuck it, bro. Say this Who is cares? Now season 2. We are yeah. in the new saga. This is where it starts. <laughs> this is uh, all of our movies from now are going to be talking about uh, existentialism. We'll call it season two. It'll be a fresh start. That's in exactly. like three weeks. Oh, God, wait. Episode 26 will be in like a month from now, though, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Four weeks away. We've got plenty Ugh. of time to plan this. Yeah. All of our hopes and aspirations will actually have to be accomplished by then. So chances mm. are we're just going to release a normal episode. But I like to think that we had the thought to fool the audience exactly. and that counts for something and and then <laughs> we we put it out there in this episode so it's like you know nobody can say that we faked anything we definitely had the thought we definitely did have the thought yeah does it feel different recording not seeing each other anymore yeah i'm back home for christmas i'm not a big fan i don't like it no you miss my little face i miss seeing I you too yeah apparently it might be easier to edit though so yeah, you well, fuck editing. Us. You know what? I, hey, this is my. It, it, I have never had to edit the podcast because I'm a piece of shit. Because <laughs> you are talent, bro. You are talent. <laughs> talent don't edit. No, Tom your Cruise never has to direct. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we should probably jump into the episode because it's got to yeah. be a special holiday one. Um, and there's a lot to talk about in this movie because there's like 75 different plots going on at the same time. And yeah. I want to at least hit up all of them. Yeah. So, first of all, how did you like the movie? I got to be honest. Non-spoiler. I had to, okay, non-spoiler. I had to watch the movie in parts because I genuinely mm-hmm. could not sit through two and a half hours of whatever the <laughs> fuck was going on half the time. <laughs> so that joke at the beginning is actually kind of genuine. You didn't feel it, huh? I gen like don't get me wrong. I, I think the last portion of this movie is really, really, really good. Like I was grinning throughout the whole, like most of it, but like mm. just the beginning and the middle part is such a slog. You know? Okay. I got to be constantly engaged. That that's a, that's a take. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually personally thought that the movie was engaging the entire time. Okay. <laughs> and maybe it was because it kept changing, like. If you ever got uninterested in the story, they cut away from it. And there was so many different stories being told at once that it was like something is always happening that's pushing a story forward, even if it's not the one that I'm the most interested at the moment. So I really enjoyed it. And for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's kind of like non-spoiler review is like a bunch of different storylines that are all about types of love kind of converging in different ways. Is that what it is? I thought it was just a bunch of different people that were like loosely connected. What, like some big, like massive story type thing, like a thriller? No, but I I didn't know it was types of love. Love. 
Well, I don't know. I don't really know if it's types of love either. I'm just kind of the way I see it is that there it's not the same story told over and over. Like you go to any rom-com, it's guy likes girl, guys kind of dorky, girls really attractive, blah, blah, blah. Like the same story. But this one had like, you know, a recently deceased mom and the stepdad and the son, how they grow in their relationship. You have people who can't speak the same language. It's like different ways of showing love and jumping from all these stories to one another. Damn. What the fuck? Do yeah. I do I actually like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I change your mind. So anybody who hasn't watched it, go check it out now. It's on Prime Video. Uh, I know you'll have to force yourself to use that shitty streaming platform, which I will never appreciate Yeah. until they fix great. anything about it. You know, if you press escape on Prime Video, it just boots you back to the main menu. I'm dog. I'm trying to unfull screen. What do you think? <laughs> what are you trying to? What? Anyway, <laughs> upsetting, upsetting to say the least. Um, I will say I think it's really, really funny. I I agree. What? I haven't even said anything yet. Oh, you didn't finish? No, <laughs> I thought you just said it was really funny. I was like, no, I agree. I was it say, is a funny movie. Okay, so it is really funny. That's true. But also, uh, you know how on Prime, if you linger on the screen, it shows you the actors and who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is like, are we in the spoiler section now? Because I'm I don't know if this is really a spoiler, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. So, like, when one of the characters is in America, and he's, like, meeting all those people. Yeah. Yeah, one of their names is, like, like three the, the three girls' names is, like, American Angel, American Cutie, and American Beauty. And that's their name on the fucking credits. And I was looking at this, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? It's even funny. At one point, there's a character who introduces themselves as Terrence. Or, like, someone introduces them as Terrence. He's in charge, right? And in the credits... The credit is Terrence, comma, he's in charge. Wait, what? You know what I mean? When is this? So, like, um, we should probably get into spoiler territory now just because, like, whatever. So, we're going to try and chop this movie up into all the different storylines and talk about them, which ones we liked, which ones we didn't, because there's a few that duds in this guy. But (laughs) this one little anecdote I wanted to drop for the president storyline, or prime minister storyline, when he's getting introduced to the members of his house, like the house staff, the first person okay okay his assistant introduces him to is uh terrence Terrence. he's in charge like this is terrence he's in charge and that's his credit and it's like one of those funny movie imdb facts that's so funny (laughs) you know actually wait before i forget because i i had to look this up after i watched the movie um the girl that plays Mm -hmm. joanna the -hmm. little girl that sings she plays uh, Vanessa Doofenshmirtz in Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had like to, that. That's fun. I, I she was talking, and I was like, this this sounds so familiar. I don't know why I know this fucking <laughs> sound. It was great. I like that. All right. So I'm going to guide you through this, and I want to hear your opinions on all these, okay? Okay. So I'm going to go off of the Wikipedia page for the movie because it does a nice job of splitting all these up by character. And God, is it hard to remember characters in this movie? The names are just, (laughs) they fly by. It's all generic white people. Yeah. So Jamie, Mac, (laughs) Billy, Johnny, Daniel, Sam, Colin, Tony. Like, okay. Anyway, (laughs) these are all actual people. Okay. First one we're going to talk about is Billy, Mac, and Joe. Okay. So. Hit us with a summary. <laughs> What's their love language storyline? Okay, so I think they're the epitome of bros. All right? <laughs> so you got Billy Mac, who's like, he's he's kind of like a really shitty Elton John. He's like, he releases a Christmas mm-hmm. album, and he's like, oh, buy my festering turd of an album. And Joe, is it Joe? Yeah, Joe. Is his manager. And so he's like, he's like this like, well, I mean, they call him fat in the movie, and he's like, kind of chubby and billy just roasts him every opportunity he gets and then at the end billy like sells out his album he like he's the best-selling record of christmas or whatever <laughs> yeah right it really is some arbitrary random accomplishment the best yeah it's like christmas <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize that was a thing because if it was a thing mariah carey wins every fucking year that's not fair <laughs> um anyway so he comes over to joe and he's all like oh man i realized that you're the love of my fucking life and then they hang out and watch porn together yep that's it <laughs> so what did you think of this one i thought it was really funny i honestly i thought it was like it's funny but it's also cringe if that makes sense i really actually like 
Billy Mac's character a lot. <laughs> okay. In like a weird way. Because he's totally like this. Vi- they do such a good job of making him this vintage rock and roll old man. Like he's he's not important anymore. He's not even relevant. And when he does all his interviews throughout the movie, literally comes off as that so well <laughs> like the way he just talks off the cuff and makes fun <laughs> of how shitty his music is now he's like let's just get that shit up to number one i want to win everybody help me win and he does it i think that's so funny yeah i don't dislike it honestly but it's just like i don't know it's it's like um he's endearing to watch but i also feel the same way i would feel if my dad did something really cringy in front of my friends like i'm not upset <laughs> but i don't want to see it you know what i'm saying <laughs> It was kind of like it did go weird in some places where it's like yeah. he had all those dressed up background dancers. Oh my god, I forgot about and stuff. that. <laughs> <laughs> like some of it's weird, and like you just have it cut away to a different storyline where this is a child watching this in a supermarket. Yeah, <laughs> like on a TV screen, <laughs> or the whole fact that he does a naked single on Christmas Day because he did hit top one Christmas right. song or whatever. Yeah, like, there's a bunch of weird shit that goes on in that storyline, but I think it's cute. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Uh, the only problem I had with it, yeah, the only problem I had with it is the fact that I, I'm very. So when you came out of that, is are you? Do you know if Billy Mac is like into him in like a romantic sense or in a friend sense? Oh, I th- I thought it was a friend sense. I didn't think he was like okay because I thought it was a romantic sense. No, I don't think so because he comes back in the epilogue or whatever, like the month later, and he brought a girl with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, it, it, he was just kind of like, damn, right? Like, I've spent all of my life, I've wasted my whole entire adult life mm-hmm. with nobody to, like, love, and yet you're the only one that's still around. Yeah. That's why Joe's like, it's been a fucking honor, you know? Okay. Okay, that makes sense then. I appreciate that. That that was cool then. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure, because he said love of his life, and I was like, that sounds very romantic. Like, I was completely <laughs> interpreting it as a friend thing until he was like, love of my life, because I, <laughs> I don't know how to, else I would take that. I don't know. I think you can, the love of your life doesn't have to be romantic. It can be anybody. I think ideally it's romantic, but fuck it, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. I mean, if he did spend most of his years, like he said, just going around to different parties and whatever, getting way drunk and high, like, valid. Yeah. I think it's valid. Cool. So that's the Billy Mac and Joe storyline. Is it your favorite? Is it your worst favorite? I don't think what it's do my think favorite. As a whole? I think... Oh, how many stories are there? I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine. Nine stories. Nine? Okay. So I'd say it's probably... Ten if you count Rufus, who's Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I read a thing. He has on... a section on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. I, I read a, a thing online that it's like he was supposed to be like a Christmas angel. He was going to show up in all the stories and like do something <laughs> meaningful. But then they cut that. <laughs> that would have been really fun. But the movie was already two and a half hours long. Which yeah. Is pushing it a little. Fuck. Yeah. It's a long ass <laughs> movie. <laughs> Very long. All right. Um, I would put it up there, but it's definitely not my favorite. There's, yeah. I'm much more into the cuter ones. That one yeah. was more of a played for jokes one. Yeah. The cuter ones really stick with me. Okay. So next one on the Wikipedia page, Juliet, Peter, and Mark. Okay. I, I, I remember this one. I don't like this one. I, I do not like this one either. I wasn't down with it. Yeah. It, okay. Should I, should I wait? Okay. You give the summary. I gave the last one. Okay. So Juliet and Peter just got married and it's like, it starts off the movie with this amazing like wedding sequence and it's very cute and there's like sort of a flash mob of orchestra at the wedding and it's planned all by the guest man who or the best man who is mark so peter and juliet yeah whatever they get married very cute next scene juliet is looking for the wedding video because apparently the person who actually filmed it did a shit job and mark had a hand cam the whole time and recorded it all so uh tries to get you know the wedding video from mark juliet tries to get it from mark and he mm. doesn't want to blah 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 she essentially forces her herself into his house to look at it because he's being really dodgy and whatnot. And you find out Mark filmed the entire thing just staring at Juliet because he is so madly in love with Juliet. He just filmed all her the entire time staring at her and whatever. Honestly, to me, it kind of felt creepy, but I'm inserting myself into this plot now or into this uh, synopsis. So I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's it's kind of weird. But anyway, it's supposed to be him in love with her, even though she says that they never talk, they never hung out, they don't have any sort of 
romantic or personal relationship. He was always just the friend of Bear Mordo and whatever. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> um, but then that is pretty much it all the way until the end of the movie when it's Christmas Day and he stops by their new house, like the two newlyweds house, and Julia answers the door and he's like, you know, tell him that it's Christmas carolers, right? And if you frame this differently, it's a horror movie, but whatever. She's like, oh, it's Christmas carolers. <laughs> and then he does this whole cute sign thing where he shows different signs and he says, you know, uh, I, I would love you to the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. But this isn't meant for this. I just wanted to express my feelings because fuck it. It's Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And plays a boombox of Christmas music and uh, walks away, having said his piece. And then Juliet comes up and gives him a big old kiss on the face. Mm. Kiss on the lips, not face. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's the end of that story. The perfect way to start off a marriage. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that's literally exactly what I'm thinking the whole time because... The problem is with this storyline is that I'm not rooting for Mark and Peter's not a bad guy. <laughs> so yeah. All I'm left thinking is that Juliet fucked over this man, Peter, and literally kind of cheated, pretty much cheated in all sense of the word, kissed another man on Christmas. It's very weird. It It's 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 OK. So I I think it fits the narrative, if that makes sense. Because like every like story, the theme of expressing your love on Christmas. Yeah, but also like, like, like you said, every one of them shows a different type of love. I think his one is unreciprocated love. I just think they should have, they could have gone a different way with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I definitely feel that. Like the part that bothered me the most, I think, was just how they establish mark who's the best man and juliet's relationship the bride's relationship yeah. before this because they literally say that they never hang out never talk and juliet assumed that mark didn't like him the um, didn't like her the entire time like mark had some disdain and only liked peter and it's even hinted at at the wedding reception yeah like someone asks mark are you into peter like are you gay for peter because it seems like you keep staring at them and no, everybody just knows that he doesn't hang out with Juliet, I guess. Um, so wait, was, it, the girl that asks him, isn't that Sarah from one of the other plot lines? Yep. yep. Okay, okay. Because I, <laughs> I, I don't remember, but I remember seeing her the at the wedding. over and stuff happens. Okay, okay. It's really cool. But yeah, that that is Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I really hated this. I really didn't like this one at all, to be honest. This whole self-preservation garbage with him building up this idea of who he likes and not asking her and then confessing it all on Christmas. It's uh, stupid. Yeah. It's stupid, stupid. And uh, she shouldn't have kissed him. She shouldn't have kissed him. <laughs> I honestly think if she hadn't kissed him, I would be much more down for the story. I think so. Like, this is probably the one I'm going to rank lowest of all of them. Yeah. If we were ranked. Oh, wow. Wow. All the way at the bottom. Okay. Okay. All the way at the bottom. Because I, I honestly think this is the one that bummed me out the most because I couldn't help but think that Peter did nothing wrong. Juliet just kissed another man and Mark is like fucking reaching if he thinks that this is supposed to have any meaning to her just because he's a nice guy and a main character in the movie. It's like, dog, you don't know her. You don't know who this is. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Cool. Uh, so the next one, you can go for it. I bet you like this one. I bet you will. Which one uh, is this? Jamie and Aurelia. Okay. All right. Interesting that you think I like this one because I think this one's fucking annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, bro. Fuck that. What the hell? Uh, okay, so it's basically okay. Colin Firth is Jamie, and he's yep. all like, yep. Yep. oh, he, go he goes to their wedding. He goes to Mark and Juliet's wedding, and then he, like, pops in in the middle to, like, check in on his girlfriend. Turns out his girlfriend's sleeping with his brother. So and he's like a writer mm -hmm. or something. So he goes off to yep. Portugal to like write for the rest of the summer or the rest of the winter or whatever. And he gets this maid called uh, Aurelia, Aurelia. Mm -hmm. And she like works for him. And they don't speak each other's languages. Like she speaks Portuguese, he speaks English, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. all right, that's cool. I I think it's really 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 cute premise of like, you know, falling in love despite language barriers and all that good shit but it's just like i can't stand either of their fucking acting <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty valid i feel like it's it's a neat premise to have them fall in love across language barriers but 
they didn't get enough screen time to really establish why they should be falling in love. There was yeah. like one event that happened where she kind of fucked up and let all his papers fly. Um, and I, he writes on a typewriter because he's a fucking, I guess, Edgar Allan Poe character. Like, okay, but it's also 2003, so did they have laptops by then? Yes. That's a joke. Please don't roast me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Good. I'm glad you said it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Back in those days. Everybody knows the internet was invented in 2014. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I feel like this, the the premise, maybe not what was shown on screen, but how I played it out in my head. I was like, oh, that's cute. They can't speak each other's languages, but they still love each other. <sighs> I, I think... You know what I mean? I do. I absolutely do. And I think it's really, really cool when you have those like scenes where they're saying the same thing, but in different languages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like when... She knocks. Yeah, yeah. When she knocks all the paper into the water, he's like, "It's not that important." She's like, "Holy fuck! I wish this isn't that important." And she still jumps into the water. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "I better, I better hope this book is amazing after yeah. doing this." Or even like right after, they're like, um, "The worst part of my day is when I have to drive you home." And then, or no, what is it? The best part of my day is when I get to drive you. And then she says, the worst part of my day is when I'm leaving you. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. But I, if they can't communicate that to one another, like they literally can't understand each other. I don't know how yeah. they're falling in love, but it's nice. It's cute. I, I, I think it's like, I mean, it could happen. If you spend enough time with somebody, you pick up their mannerisms a little bit. Mm-hmm. You could kind of tell like what they're feeling at any moment. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure our cat loves us. That motherfucker can't speak, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. If it's not a dog, I don't think it likes you. Yeah, bro. Eat your eyes the second it gets a chance. <laughs> and Sorry. I'm gonna thank him for it. <laughs> the thing that I find the most cute about it, though, um, is the fact that they both, when they kind of separated, when Colin Firth went back from his cottage or whatever the hell, um, and went back to England, he learned Portuguese. Yeah. And she learned English. Yeah. Just in case, like both just in case, just in case, and that's adorable to me. It that's is adorable, very cute. That made my little heart sing. I, was I also think that. it's the most rom com y ending, if that makes sense, of all the stories. Oh, with the whole town joining in, yeah, where he fucking leaves his family in, in England and flies to Portugal the same day to go ask her to marry him. Like, <laughs> that is some <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that is definitely the most the most rom commy ending. You're you're probably yeah. right on that one. I think it's great. I still liked it though. Didn't mind yeah. it. <laughs> definitely not like lower tier. Definitely not. But okay, what do you think of it compared to Billy Mac and Joe? I think it's better than Billy Mac and Joe. I, I okay, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Now that I'm thinking of the other story. I would lines. say so as well. Mainly because I'm I'm judging this based on like a romance scale. Like, which one did I think the romance was the most explored and interesting and okay. believable? That's fair. I think it was cute. Yeah. All right. This one's a difficult one, but it's a good one. Mia is um, uh oh Karen is uh, Emma Thompson, and Mia is oh. the assistant to Alan Rickman, who's Harry. Okay. So this this plot line is kind of sad, <laughs> kind of upsetting. <laughs> um, Harry is married to Karen, and you know. Harry is in a good place in his business or whatever and has a secretary or an assistant named Mia. Is he not like the the managing, like what is it, managing director? Yeah. They keep calling him boss, but they don't really explain what the business is or what they do. Whatever. Anyway, so Harry is married to Karen and they're like happily together. They have two two, uh, children together and whatever. They seem like a normal suburban life happy. Harry has an assistant named Mia who kind of starts trying to seduce him and like giving him very obvious hints that she's into him. And like, I'm going to dress up for you and you know, on Christmas day and there's deep and dark corners that you should go explore. Yeah, exactly. She's planning a Christmas party. She's like, you know, there's dark corners that no one can see us from. And like all this kind of shit, like (laughs) dropping mad hints. And there's even a scene where it shows that when she went to the dance with him, she wore lingerie because she was assuming that she was going to get laid She's about and this fuck. guy's married. Yeah. yeah. But he is being convinced by her to cheat on his wife. Okay. And it kind of culminates in him being told by his not yet technically mistress. She's like, I want a gift. I want something nice and something flashy. And, you know, 
Harry, because he's a dumb idiot, dumb boy, goes to the <laughs> jewelry store while he's shopping with his wife and tries to pick up a, a gold necklace and uh, brings it home. Karen sees it and doesn't receive it on Christmas Day. So she knows that it's gone to someone else and it culminates in her telling him like what would you do if you're in my situation if you knew that your husband got a gold necklace and it wasn't given to you do you just hope that it's given to someone else do you think it's you know a relationship with a necklace and sex or is it a relationship in love at which point what do i do and it's like it gets very sad because she kind of just ends yeah. it with like you know not only did you fuck up yourself he's like yeah i made a fool of myself i'm sorry will you forgive me whatever all that shit he says but karen's like not only did you fuck up your own life you fucked up mine <laughs> like you made you me made a fool like out a of fool. me yeah yeah i i feel foolish for having trusted you all this time everything and uh it's a bummer so, <laughs> so how do you rate it what do you think i think this is my favorite storyline your favorite damn second set top okay. three for sure because I think it's the one with okay, the best okay. characters. It's the one with, like, the best mm-hmm. acting. Like, that scene where Emma... Emma Roberts? Karen? Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma, who Emma the fuck Thompson. is Emma Roberts? Uh, Emma Roberts is from We're the Millers? <laughs> oh, yeah! No, not her. And Nerve? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I remember yeah. her now. Um, <laughs> that scene where she's listening to the Joni Mitchell album, and she's like crying is fucking great mm-hmm. and it's like so sad because it's like she figures it out on christmas day with her family around yeah and she's like i just gotta go to my room for a second and she's just crying and has to put on a good face because she doesn't want to like upset her children yeah and it's only on her to do that because obviously this man doesn't know at this point that he just fucked up i don't know it's so, really it's such a bummer i th- i'm conflicted because i think while i don't think harry is right I think it's kind of salvageable, if that makes sense. <laughs> because he hasn't done anything yet. And I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt or anything like that. I'm just saying, <laughs> you could have just said you haven't done it yet. And I was just confused. I was all this shit. I'm not saying you should go cheat on your wife or whatever, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel weird. Because I, I, I feel bad for everybody in this situation except for Mia. You don't? Okay, you don't feel bad for Mia because she's trying to... Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> gotta you do what you gotta do. Harry? Why do you feel bad for Harry? Just because I think this is the first time he's been put in this position. I'm not saying it's okay. I just I can empathize <laughs> a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You can empathize. Damn, Maybe? you're you're fucking winning numbers left and right. God. I'm not. People I'm not. Get... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. That's why I can empathize because he's just like, what the fuck? Why is this girl throwing herself at me? You know what I mean? <laughs> I could see that a little bit, but the problem with it for me is like the the fact that a gold necklace for something like three hundred pounds, like five hundred, whatever in real currency, like <laughs> it, it's such a real gift, and the fact that it didn't even come across his mind to get something of even the same or similar value for his wife is crazy. And that like, is fucked that up. That goes to show how he values each relationship. And that is where you would call the line. Even if that it's not is cheating, fucked you can still leave a relationship. I absolutely agree. Values, you know what I mean? 100% agree. No arguments here. Such a bummer. And it sucks too because Karen is such a good character. Yeah. And she's so interesting and invested in her family and invested in her brother and all that stuff. And they're Look, coming I, up next. But everybody, everybody else is doing a phenomenal job at like their acting. And Alan Rickman always does well. But whatever, like, I don't know what it is, but Karen's acting is phenomenal throughout the entire movie. Oh, she nails it. I was about to yeah. say, I was like, are you going to say that she doesn't do as well as Harry? Because I thought no. Harry dropped the ball. A hundred percent. And he was like, I'm a fool, aren't I? Like, I was like, dog, you just got caught cheating, sort of. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all you got to say? Damn. Not even an apology. Just like, I'm a fool. But I think that's his character. Also, I think it's really, really sad that, like, things aren't better afterwards, you know? Yeah, their story doesn't end happy. It's kind of just like, uh they obviously separated it sounds like from the the epilogue or whatever i don't think so i think they're still living together but i think she's very upset and i think it's perfectly valid that she is Hmm. i actually don't really remember like they i I know i know that it ends with them in an airport but i'm not really sure about if they're together or not i think so i think he was probably gone away on a business trip or something 
Because she's like, let's go home. And then mm. she lingers on the word home. Oh, man. Right? Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Maybe. She said, like, it's good to see you. And I kind of assumed that it was maybe like, oh, dad went and moved over here and mom's still staying with us. Like, they haven't formalized it into a separation. Or no, into a divorce, but they're separated. I you know I, I mean? didn't think that's what that's it was. how I positively interpret it. Uh, you might be right, though. That's fair. I think it sucks. It sucks either way for Karen. That there's no, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. You know. And that being said, like as much as I like poo pooed you for saying, you know, it's salvageable. Like, don't cheat on your wife. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, it is. It is technically like, I mean, no hard lines were passed. Yeah, there is still like counseling and shit that can repair that relationship. So it's like for me to say that they should get divorced. Like, I don't know them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's repairable, reparable, whatever. All right. Next one. Wait, very quickly, very quickly. The The scene where she sees her brother is great. I love that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because this is actually coming up because the next story is David and Natalie. Yeah. So you can get into that. All right. So David is the prime minister of Britain. He's played by Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know. He just does fucking Hugh Grant things. He fucking is like super shy, and he like does like a, there's a dance montage, and he meets the American president, and the American president is like, "We're gonna take what we want because I'm, I, you know, we're the Americans, and the other administration <laughs> said they would give us what we want." <laughs> and then he has this secretary that works for him called Natalie, right? And Natalie is like the super cute and like super nice girl, and she swears when she first meets the prime minister. She's like, I can't believe I fucked it up. And he's just like, oh, how refreshing. And then, uh, oh, also, <laughs> I this is my favorite story. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where he's like in the boardroom discussing shit with his cabinet. And he's like, who do I have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and some biscuits? And she walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And I think that's my favorite scene in the entire movie. Anyways. It literally cuts to a scene of. It cuts to a scene of her bringing him tea and biscuits in his office. Yeah, which means that they what? Mm-hmm. Did nothing. Anyway, <laughs> so the American president like does some sleazy shit towards Natalie, and uh, it makes the prime minister take a firm stance. He's like, uh, a friend who bullies us is no longer a friend. And then he like tells the president <laughs> that they're going to take a har- harsher stance on their policies. And then he fires Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently um he doesn't actually fire her he just rearranges her so she just yeah. gets moved to some other part where he doesn't see her anymore yeah that well which i interpreted as being fired but apparently wikipedia gods know more than i do so. no i i figured as i figured that she was just moved she was relocated but i think it's mm-hmm. hilarious because his first instinct was get her out of here <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> um anyway so then after that on christmas he reads one of her letters where she's like oh i'm always gonna be yours and he's like, I'm going to go look for that uh, naturally. And then he goes to, what is it? Dodgy Corner? Dodgy Edge? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, of some of some suburb somewhere. And then he sees her and she goes to a play where all the other characters' kids are playing characters in the nativity play. And then they kiss on stage by accident. And that's how they announce their, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they announce that they're together. Yeah, good for them. I think it's a really cute one. I really I, like this one. I really, really like this one. It's it's something about how just how like simple it is. Like he he instantly knows after the first time meeting her, he's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm feeling things for her. <laughs> and there's like an ongoing thing where David gets made fun of because he's single, like yeah. because he doesn't have a private, like he doesn't have a first lady or whatever it's called in um, the UK. Uh, but yeah. he, dude, even the U.S. president rolls in and roasts him. He's like. Oh, sorry, the missus couldn't come in. And she, the U.S. president is just like, yeah, well, she would have been lonely. <laughs> it's like, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. Shots fired immediately after landing. Even I don't God. remember which other storyline it is, but someone was like, oh, you know, the type. He's married to his job, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But literally. I think he's really, I think he's honestly my favorite character, David. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of him taking like an assertive stance or whatever, because it's like the final straw. It's like, you could forgive the fact that the nation has been a dick, but like when individuals are pushed, it's like you know that's the straw. That's where I we think draw that's the line. fair. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't think it's ideal, but it's like we're all like that. 
I feel like policy I, is just something that we argue about anyway. I agree. Also, Natalie's hot, which is, you know, always a plus in my book. <laughs> they make fun of her for being fat so many times. Yeah. In the movie. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I just think it's she's she's thick, you know, in like the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'd put that. It feels like they were like grasping at straws when they kept describing her as like these thunderous thighs. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> are, are we looking at the same Natalie? Because she just looks like a human being. Yeah, she does look <laughs> anyway. great. Also, I love the mm-hmm. scene where she's coming down the stairs. She's like, where the fuck is my fucking coat? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the prime minister is just like at the door. That's a good yeah. one. There's a lot of like comedic bits in these that I just I I love, uh, and it's just so entertaining seeing the way the prime minister like deflects conversations and whatever. Like e- even when he's describing how he is like trying to find Natalie at the end of the movie, he's like going house to house, door to door, and they're like, you know, can you sing for us, Mr. President? And he's like. Yeah, okay, okay, I will. And then, and his cabinet member or whatever, his bodyguard joins in. G- Gavin, All right, okay. With the my God favorite voice. character, fuck David. Gavin is the fucking best character in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like his reactions and his little facial features to that. Like when he starts singing "O King Wenceslas" or whatever, and then Gavin joins in with this God <laughs> voice, and Gavin's just some like, secret service agent. Like it's amazing. It's yeah. so good. Very nice. Or even the way he's like, you know, oh, your ex-boyfriend, he was a dick to you. Uh, you know, I can have him killed. SAS is a <laughs> bunch of nice people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Kind of scary, but hilarious. That is really funny. All right. Uh, we got to go super speed now. Oh, do we? Okay, yeah. There's actually not that many substantial ones left, so we're kind of we're wrapping it up. Um, Actually, there is two big ones, and then that's it. Okay, so next one is Daniel and Sam. And you could also say Joanna and Carol, but like the the Wikipedia thing says Joanna and Carol, but it's Daniel and Sam, Liam Neeson and his uh, stepson. Stepson, yeah, yeah, Maze Runner, <laughs> yeah, Thomas Brody Sangster. <laughs> you know he was twenty five in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the guy never ages. Looks the exact same. Yeah, I just saw him in uh, in Queen's Gambit. Looked exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> All right, so this plot, um, you got Daniel. Uh, who's Liam Neeson, played by Liam Neeson, um, who is mourning the death of his recent, or the recent death of his wife. So he, he's just been, what's the opposite of widowed? Widower? He is, he's widowed? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. But um, yeah, so he, he doesn't have a wife anymore, and he is now full custody and involved in raising his stepson, um, Sam. And that's pretty much it. He thinks that there's something wrong with Sam because Sam's been spending all his time inside his room. But then when they start talking, finds out that Sam's actually fallen for one of his classmates. And she, she describes it as being in the agony of love. This kid has the best vocabulary Bro, of anyone in the movie. I'm a real with you, my G. I fuck with Sam heavy. Like the <laughs> fact that he's like, he recognizes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> love ain't fun. It's like being in love is pain and I'm upset. <laughs> exactly. Respect. Shout out Sam. <laughs> it's funny though because uh daniel like just kind of leans into it and is like yeah it is upsetting but you know what we're gonna get through it together you know what we need we need leo and kate, kate. <laughs> it's like who's leo and kate and then it hard cuts to titanic on screen it's, like, <laughs> it's great um but yeah he's essentially like helping this kid through trying to understand his feelings and get this girl and they come up with a plan that he's gonna win her over at the musical at the end of the year the big you know christmas day musical nativity scene he's gonna play drums for it so then it pretty much just does smash cuts of him learning how to play drums and uh culminates in the big sequence at the end where he actually is playing drums for her and she says you know uh all i want for christmas is you and points at him and he's like yeah it's me oh my gosh she actually noticed me yes we did it her name is joanna and she looks at sam and is like yeah you uh and then she says and you and you and you and looks at the rest of the crowd and so he gets bummed out and that's pretty much it. It wraps up with this really nice sequence, though, where he wants to go confess his love because Joanna is leaving to go back to America at night. And so <laughs> Liam Neeson just says, like, you know, fuck it. Fuck airport security. Fuck I have safety. a specific set of skills. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and essentially straps a bomb to this kid and has him run through the airport <laughs> all the way to the front door of the plane to tell this girl that he's really into her. Um, and it happens off screen, and then she comes back through all the gates afterwards, and when he's telling his dad, his stepdad, about the success, uh, she comes up and pokes him on the shoulder and turns around and kisses him on the cheek. And so, it, you know, in the end, love was gained, and it's all happy. Also, Daniel gets with one of the teachers from Sam, not teachers, mothers oh, yeah, from just, Sam's uh, school. Like another so mom, yeah. Nice. He meets a mom at the Christmas play, and they're shown together a year yeah. later or a month later. So that's cute. This motherfucker works fast, bro. <laughs> this is probably my favorite storyline, I would say. I like this one a lot. Okay. I don't know if you're right. <laughs> why? I think it's it's one of the better ones. No, no. I, I, I don't know if it's... Well, why is it your favorite? Actually, I should ask. I think it's because, like, I the 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 sense in the beginning is really cool. Like, I well, not cool. It's upsetting, but it's like I like the idea of Daniel, who doesn't know his stepson very well, right? Um, having to try and establish this relationship and how he does it. Like, it starts off with Dan- Daniel's actually um Karen's brother, so Karen from the previous story where she's getting cheated on. He is. I didn't know that. I thought I thought uh, his ex-wife or his like dead wife said that he should bring Karen as a date to her funeral. Mm, no, no, no. His ex-wife said you should bring some movie star or some model. I don't know who the model was. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, was like okay. A that makes joke. sense. Like that makes more sense. Hall yeah. pass or whatever. But yeah, no, it was just saying that um, Daniel should. Daniel is like Karen's sister, and it doesn't matter. Or Karen's brother. Regardless, they're talking at the dinner table about how they're going to approach having to take care of the stepson. They don't know him very well. And like the way that they're talking is really like amicable, but also sad because the whole concept is that they're both trying to mourn. Or, like he's trying to mourn, but he shouldn't. He has to be strong because he has a stepson. And it like, you know, cuts to them at some pier having a real talk about like, so why are you sad? Is it OK? He's like. I know I should be sad, but I'm really just, I'm in love with a girl at school. (laughs) And then it just reframes the entire story as like (laughs) him doing everything in his dadly power to try and get this guy. um, His dadly power. Yeah. Like trying to get this guy a girlfriend or even just like explore love. It was very cute. Like, I don't know how to put it. I was just really happy the whole time because it felt like the dad was really trying and stepping up to this extremely difficult situation. If that makes sense. I think that's absolutely fair. Also, I like that, you know, he's he's worried about not connecting with Sam at the start. And then you find out that they're like very, very similar as people. Mm-hmm. I like that he can just joke about how it's like if, if that supermodel did ever come to the house, I'm going to have you leave because I am going to have sex with her in every single room in this house. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's just being real with this like nine. Damn, dude, that mu- that dude is ten. <laughs> So I would probably put this up there as my favorite one. What about you? Okay, that's fair. I, I'd say second or third. Second or third? That's good. That's valid. I'll lot that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got three more to go through. So this is lightning round now. All right, lightning round. So Sarah, Carl, and Michael. Michael is the brother of Sarah, uh, and Carl is the enigmatic designer or whatever. What did you think of this one? Or if you want to describe it. Okay, so basically Sarah works at Harry's company. And Harry brings her into his office, and he's like, yo, we all know you're in love with Carl, so you should just tell him. What What did he say? He's like, you should bring him down and tell him that you want to have sex with him and have lots of babies or mm-hmm. whatever. And then she's all like, damn, bro, does Carl know this? And he's like, yeah. So then, you know, the whole movie is like her. She's on the phone all the time with, like, a person where she's like, hey, babe. And then she's, like, talking to Carl and trying to get things to happen. And then one night... After the Christmas party, they go back to her house, and they're about a fuck. But then she gets a phone call, and it turns out it's her, like, mentally ill brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she goes, and she sees him, and he, like, swings at her, and she catches it. She's like, don't do that, baby. Like, it's not what you do. And then the the scene ends, or the her storyline ends with Carl saying Merry Christmas, and then she says Merry Christmas. And then she's crying at her desk, and she picks up the phone and says hello to Mike, which is her brother. Michael, and then she goes and spends Christmas with him, and they're both wrapped up in the same scarf. And it's like, 
it's a very very nice very very touching story but i have never felt more like i don't know makes me feel sad it's it's a it's a real bummer it's another one that's like a bummer yeah i think it's supposed to show like the love between family members and stuff and like familial love yeah but the problem is it's just like you feel so bad for what sarah has to put up with not because of like having to take care of and obviously she's not like and in a sense, she's burdened, but just like the amount that she has to give up to keep this relationship yeah. is like it's difficult on her, and you can visibly see that because she's kind of alone in doing this. And even the guy who she's built up for two years, she finally has a shot with him, and even he won't give her like a chance after this. I don't know. It felt like he kind of was like, "I don't want this baggage that she has." No, I don't, I don't even think. I don't even think that's what it was. I think he recognizes that she doesn't want to. That's why he like lingers before he says Merry Christmas, because I think he does like her, too. But he Mm -hmm. feels that she has no place for somebody like him in her life because of her brother. Maybe I would hope that that would change. I just kind of assumed that it was because Carl wasn't accepting of her putting that much importance on someone who's not directly in their relationship or can't reciprocate or it's all one sided like in that way. I mean, that's even why he tells Maybe. her not to answer the phone because, like, you know, is it going to help him? Then don't answer. Like, that was kind of a dick move. Oh, she... yeah. 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 I, I don't know. That's a bummer one. Uh, and I'll just do the last two. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We got Colin, Tony, and the American girls. So, <laughs> this is my favorite one. <laughs> this one, you just got this English guy. He tries to pick up two girls from other places in the story and fucks up terribly because obviously he's so shit at it. He just, he, he, uh, he says some dumb pickup lines and nobody likes him. He's really annoying. And he says that, you know, the problem is that these British girls are too uptight. So I'll just go to America and get one of those, you know, one of those basic American girls that are all super hot and super stupid and they're going to like me because I'm British. And he goes and it fucking works. And he gets like in a three-way on the first <laughs> no, night. No, no, no. He gets a four-way, bro. That's true. Yeah. And then he brings two of the girls back <laughs> to celebrate Christmas with his boy, Tony. It's like this storyline, I don't know why it was included. It's funny, but I can't believe his plan worked. I can't believe that there yeah, was never some big, like, you know, pull the rug out from under him. And it's like, oh, they all go home and they live with this scary dad with a shotgun. I don't know. Some dumb little romantic comedy. Americanism. Yeah, right? But <laughs> it actually works, and he totally gets, like, all these girls and everything. So his plan, in theory, he did have sex. He is the big dick, you know, whatever guy he wanted to be. He has a big knob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what would you think of this plot? <laughs> uh, you know, I think 10 out of 10. I'm going to go back to Ireland, get my accent back, and then fly back here, and then we'll see what it works. <laughs> and then you'll be, like, the cutest guy, and seven people at a bar will hit on you absolutely exactly bro i felt like this one was just put in for for jokes because honestly the guy was so annoying every time he was on screen i thought he was so creepy yeah i didn't like him he kind of got more tolerable in the u.s i don't even think so i feel like he was still the same but in the u.s people were playing off of him better that that might be it yeah like if he had the chance to speak he would have fucked it up yeah 100 (laughs) percent. also i think it's really funny that his his uh friend tony Mm-hmm. Is the fucking casting or not the director? One of the dudes from the next storyline. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go through that one, mm-hmm. yeah. So the last one is the John and Judy storyline, and uh, these are just professional stand-ins for film. So they just have to, you know, be naked for at least for this context. Oh, is that? Did you not? I didn't know that? that. I thought they were like, yeah, I thought they were just like porn actors or something but i was like what the fuck kind of porn is this <laughs> no what no they were stand-ins for actual movie stars so like clearly in this movie yeah. there's supposed to be a sex scene and so they were the ones who were standing in as the naked bodies whose heads would get cropped out so they were just talking the entire I time get it. and got to know each other on set while being naked and you know like charading these sex acts to one another <laughs> and like they started chatting about the weather and then more intimate details about their lives and how they wanted to it's spend Martin Christmas. Freeman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're both, Bilbo Baggins they're both over shy here, off set and whatever. And they go on a little coffee day and it ends really well. And it's like, good luck on the next one sort of thing. And it just ends with, you know, Martin Freeman being really happy that Judy's into him. <laughs> and I thought that was cute. Uh, no, hold up. No, they're in the epilogue. They get engaged. Wait, really? 
I think there was like a one flash of something in the end. They got engaged. I didn't realize that. Yeah, where she he goes up. Tony's waiting for Colin to come back from England mm-hmm. or from America. Mm-hmm. And they he comes up to him. And he's like, "Oh, it's it's nice to see you." And he's like, "Oh, what are you guys doing here?" And then. She puts up her finger and she's got a ring. And he's like, what, what is the line that he says? She's like, finally about a... <laughs> he's like, finally going to get a shag. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. This is my favorite one. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> yeah. John and Judy. I think it's cute. Again, it's, a, it's yeah. another one of those that are just put in here for laughs. But I, I think it's... I think it's oh, okay. right. He's the one that says that the prime minister is married to his work. I remember one of the scenes they're like, she's like naked and he's fondling her boobs. And mm-hmm. he's like, wow, did you see the traffic this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute like, gridlock. It's genuinely funny. Like, it's just like so weird how their conversations are going and they're just mimicking sex. Like there's a part where she's supposed to be like yeah. on her knees in front of him. And he's just like. Yeah, so what do you think about dinner? Giving him that good sloppy toppy, bro. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. So you want to get you want to get coffee after this? She's like, I usually don't, but that would be really pleasant. And he's like, oh great. Yeah. And then like looks up, kind of happy. It's like it cuts back to the scene that the audience the audience is gonna see in the movie, and it's just like still very sexual and very overt, a lot of nudity. But I don't know. I think it's great. I think it's great too. Um, and that pretty much is everything. We could talk about Rufus just being the slow jewelry salesman, but um, I don't think that's too necessary. He's very funny. I enjoyed that. He's also he's also there uh, when Sam has to jump in into the. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to say? The airport. When, when running through the airport. Where Sam's he like takes his time. Yeah. I think that's so funny that he just has this through line as like a slow guy. So cool. Yeah. I don't know. It is. I was into the movie. So sue me, but I enjoyed it. Even if we just talked about the plot the whole time, there's a lot of plot to go through and I enjoyed it. I like the end of every single storyline. I don't like the beginnings. No, why not? They're just like, it's too slow, if that makes sense. And you're probably right. I think, you know, because every every storyline is cut up. You don't see each story individually. It's kind of cut up between them. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps with the monotony, but it's just like... I don't know, man. Watching Jamie fucking talk pisses me off. Who? Which one's Jamie again? Colin Firth, right? The guy. Yeah, Colin Firth. <laughs> He's really annoying when he tries to do different like languages he doesn't speak. Like that was really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is definitely a movie. There's so many fun bits in it that I thought were just hilarious. Like at, there were funny moments in every single storyline, and they didn't feel like forced. Yeah, And also, the fact that you have all these different storylines that cross over in a billion different ways we didn't talk about. Like, there's, you know, this person is the, you know, neighbor of this person and yeah, whatever. Like, there's so many different crossovers that you see other characters in a story that they're not central in. And I think that's a lot of fun because you get to see, like, the whole point of the movie, kind of talked about in the intro, is that you if you look around you'll see love everywhere and love actually is all around us that's where like love actually comes from and uh it all talks about how heathrow airport if you look around everybody's smiling and happy and cute and then the epilogue happens in an airport and you see everybody all your stories wrapping up and they're all somewhat happy somewhat cute like kind of positive and then it literally just after that cuts to real airport footage of people hugging in airports and i cried (laughs) i fucking bit hard Really? I was so into it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice. Damn, okay. I was very into it. I thought it was, it was like, very cheesy. Okay, it was. And it is kind of playing it for cheats because it was like they explained it in the beginning and it just showed random people and I was feeling the vibes in the room. So I was into it. But even what they said in the beginning stuck with me about how like uh, during 9-11, none of the calls out from the plane or the towers or whatever were any words of hate. And I was like... I, it's not deep like it's faux deep it's like i'm 14 and deep like that sort of yeah. thing but it's still oh my true. god people actually do love each other <laughs> yeah you know what i mean but that still hit different like, yeah i was still thinking about it and i was like it is it is kind of nice like you don't notice these things because they're not central to your storyline but all these people have storylines where they're in love with all the people they're hugging and that's kind of what i think it was going for and it made me it made me cry yeah because i'm a little baby i think 
Okay, so I also don't think the simplicity of the message takes away from it, mm-hmm. right? I think it's a simple message. It's just like everybody, everybody's got to love something, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, there like no arguments here. I'm not saying the message is is wrong at all. I just, I don't know. <laughs> there, that's why some that's why some of the stories stuck with me a lot better than others, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, there, there are definitely some stories that are just kind of thrown in there and we talked about that like they're kind of thrown in for comedy bits i I don't know if they added all that much but they weren't main characters that tied into the big i kind of consider all of what happened in the musical at the end to be central plot and maybe colin firth as well yeah but like none of the you know two naked people casually meeting each other or the you know rock star trying to get his shitty song to top 10 like those Uh, weren't really I would actually disagree because I think it's it's about the build up, right? That's true. I think that's what makes it that's what makes it so impactful at the end when these people like get together or when Karen finds out Harry is like into Mia or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the build up is really, really important because if we just cut to Karen finding the necklace and then not getting it for Christmas, it's not the same. As oh, us no. seeing yeah, Harry, like the, the buildup is important. I'm just kind of saying, like the main plot gets wrapped up in that scene. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like I wouldn't yeah, consider I how the date went with you know John and Judy to be all that important, or I don't give a shit about Colin and his foursome. Like I thought that was funny, <laughs> but, but it wasn't necessary. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, I really enjoyed the movie, though. I really did, like, and I haven't seen it before fully watched out like that like i, I remember catching bits and pieces because you were always like making food and stuff when we'd watch it as a group of friends yeah but watching it now dedicated two and a half hours it's a long one it's a long one um so we actually our uh, our friend put it on when we were doing secret santa and i mm-hmm. like every couple of minutes i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's cutting to a random different part of the movie yeah no it's not even that i'm just kind of like not I'm not enjoying this right now, you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm curious, what are you gonna what are you gonna rate it? Okay, well what item are we using? Are we using love? Is love the item we're gonna use? <laughs> it can't be love. How about gold necklaces? Alright, I'm game with that. So how many gold necklaces? Uh I'm gonna say eight out of eight? twelve. Eight? Damn, that's a lot higher than it sounds like. Really? <laughs> I, I really feel like you didn't like it from the words you're using. I don't know. Eight is pretty good. Eight eight out of twelve is like what? That's, that's like sixty like percent. Yeah, that's pretty good. You what the fuck do you do? I didn't hate the movie. I just thought it was <laughs> like the ending makes up for it. Okay, if the ending wasn't as good as it was, I would give it a four. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I could see that. It's not the best movie ever, and I didn't I, I completely didn't like that plot with Walking Dead and uh you know, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. What are their I don't remember their names. That whole starting uh, the marriage yeah. off on the wrong foot. That's that's the dude from uh, Doctor Strange. Yep, it is. I completely forgot, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I still think besides that, there's a lot of good plots in there, and I'm going to give it a, a nine and a half. I think nine is good. Nine is probably good. <laughs> I always, give, always two give two numbers. <laughs> but see, now I feel like nine is low. Nine is low because nine is like a seven out of ten. No, yeah, seven out of ten. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> I like that we keep... You know, detracting from our rating tense. system by just switching <laughs> it back to tens. <laughs> uh, who gives a shit? I still think nine out of ten is is decent in my books. I would call it a good movie. I would yeah. watch it again, given the opportunity. I will not. But, uh, didn't. No. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> that's okay. We'll always have next time in two weeks from now when we're watching. Which got a great pick? Which one? Um, okay, so I have two options right now. I think I feel like we've been watching a lot of series, so I don't know if we want to do that again. And I feel like they're always my recommendations. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to recommend this movie yet because I think we should give it. Unless you're okay with watching a full fucking series of movies, let's not do a series just yet. Because I think I want right, to get some fine. other people on for for the next series we're doing. Okay, so sorry yeah, all you fair. viewers on the edge of your seat, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say limitless. <laughs> right that is what a, a random ass movie 
Yeah. That's a throwback. Yeah. Where did you come up with that idea? I remember that movie. Uh, I saw the ad for the Limitless show on Netflix and I was like, I haven't seen that. I've only ever seen Limitless once all the way through. And I don't remember mm-hmm. anything that happened. I remember the start and I remember the end and that's it. I think, I think I've seen it like three times, I want to say. Because I remember I saw it on DVD and I watched it twice with my roommate from first year because he was really into Limitless, like as a concept. Either way, Bradley Cooper standing on the edge of a balcony. Oh, anybody who hasn't seen it, that's how it starts. So no spoilers. Um, yeah. Okay. Limitless. Let's watch it two weeks from now. Besides that, that's going to. Yeah. Um, I will say, wait, very quickly. I'm also going to be watching Lucy because I want to compare <laughs> the two movies a little bit. Fuck yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. watch both of those because Lucy is dog shit trash. All right, bottom okay. of the barrel. Scraping for nothing. <laughs> I hate that movie, but we're going to watch it. Yeah, it's okay. So double feature next time. Limitless (laughs) and Lucy. Double feature. (laughs) We're just gonna call it Mindfuck. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't believe you said Lucy. Oh, I'm so excited now to watch that. Oh god, I forgot that movie existed. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that's been our show, man. Uh, What's your Twitter? My Twitter is at the hash with two A's. All right, now what's my Twitter? At Lee and her with two E's. <laughs> and uh, what's our editor's Twitter? Uh, Jar of Dean. Din. Nice. Yeah, close enough. Uh, and what's what's the what's the company Twitter? You know, the company Twitter is at Jump Cut FM, but you can just check out our website at jumpcut.fm because you know we're snazzy like that. Damn, you got four out of four. That's a hundred percent. That's another grade to show your family this Thanks, Christmas man. season. Hey, you know what? I can't <laughs> wait to log into Quest every single morning and get nothing. <laughs> right? And fucking teachers are the slowest people <laughs> on the planet with updating grades. Yeah. They're like, oh, if you don't hand it in by 11.59, then we're going to sue you. We're going to send helicopters after your family. But, you know, for we us. We got time. We know. got bear time. Bear time. You're not, you're not waiting on anything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, provided that we don't get shot down by some teacher <laughs> looking to pick up an assignment in the next two weeks we'll be updating you with another episode for uh, limitless and lucy so watch that before next time and from everybody here at jump cut we just want to wish you in these troubling unprecedented times merry a happy christmas. holiday season and a happy new year's yeah merry christmas y'all i hope your i hope your new year's and your christmas were great get uh, enough eggnog and that pretty much wraps it up <laughs> make sure yeah try and keep it to four or five eggnogs a day i think that's the recommended yeah right something about eggs and, and nog no I, it's point. i get it anyway. i get it good one man <laughs> funny joke yeah it's an it's <laughs> eggs egg humor yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> all right it's been real